return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Bondage, not a slave, no reason to fear. You've received the spirit of adoption. We can cry, Father, He's your Father. We have a relationship. And let me just say, you become who you're around. And you have DNA now, spiritual DNA that comes from our our God. And the Spirit bears witness that we're children of God. And we're an heir of God. And we're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So what he has, we have. And everything is good. Same love, same power, same character. All of that is ours in Jesus Christ. We have that. And so... I mean, uh, it's, it's not like it's automatic. You have to go get it. Amen. You, you read the Bible. You realize what's yours. You go get it. You should desire to be godly. You should desire to be moral. You should desire to live uh, a holy life. Uh, and 2 Corinthians 3, then verse 6, says that we're able ministers of the New Testament. So we always have to understand that we're in this covenant now. It is a new covenant. So the old, the old served its purpose and its time. But now out of the old things prophesied of the new, we're in the new. And we're living in that new covenant. If you want to know what God's like, you look at Jesus. He said, I'm the express image of the Father. So, so we're in this covenant. And that's how we share and how we minister as we're able ministers of this covenant, the new covenant. Amen? Amen. So let's go to Romans chapter 8 then. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Is a scripture it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is a New Testament verse. And many times, many times people will pluck out a verse and put it into their situation or broadcast it for their situation. And this is one of those verses that is grossly misused in the body of Christ. Uh, if you look at you just you just look at the verse, of course, that that uh, uh, it says all things work together for good. So we're implying here that God is doing. We love God, so it's a verse for Christians, right? It's a verse for Christians, and then it's implying that all things. So whatever happens in life, and somehow you take a verse when all the other the scriptures have spiritual meanings and stuff. Now you take this verse, and they kind of throw it in the junk heap. And with it comes, so all cancer works for good. And all sickness works for good. And all car accidents work for good. And all divorces work for good. Now that's a very sad testimony. And sadly, sadly, it's the Christians who propagate it. It's the Christians who take this verse and propagate it and put it out there in the world on Christian TV and Christian radio and now all the media and so forth. And so whenever something happens and then somehow somebody's life turned around, they say, well, you know, all things work together for good. So that tragedy, that experience, that negative thing, that was God working in your life. And I'm just here to say that God isn't working that way. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God. Amen. So, so even John 15, it says, you are pruned through the word which I have spoken to you. 
So God's not taking things, circumstances. I'm going to teach Dave this lesson and all this natural stuff and beat him up and so forth. No, no, he uses his word. So that's, and folks, incidentally, that's why you want to be in your Bible. Because many people, my Bible reading schedule, many people, many people aren't in their Bible and they're just kind of plodding along in life wondering what God's doing. Why don't you know what God's doing? Why don't you have a sense of what God's doing? Because he'll speak to us every day. I really believe that. The Holy Spirit talks to us. So when you read your Bible and you read it, just you're not reading it to just you're not reading to get a message. You're reading it in this relationship. It's like going into the classroom and he talks to you about your life. So many times people are trying to get a word. I'm going to get a word for them. How about a word for you? <laughs> How about a word for your life? How about a word for so many times we think in situations we don't like the situation we're in. So we're praying God to change this person or that person. And maybe maybe how about Lord just change me? Yeah, maybe they need to be changed, but change me, change my heart, change my attitude. So we're in, when we're in the Word of God, we can be moldable with the Bible. So we're not harsh. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be harsh. <laughs> so here's this scripture. Here's the scripture. He knows all things work together for good. So, so it's got there. It's, it's a specific verse for Christians. And most of the time, Christians are taking the natural bad events of the world and sticking them in this verse. Now, the verse prior to that, Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, he's talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. So he's talking about praying in the Spirit. We don't always know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit will help us. The Spirit will make intercession according to the will of God. The Spirit will make intercession for us and for others. So, so, you know, so here's this verse right in front of that. And again, we have the, the Spirit is doing all these, these uh, things. Uh, let's, go, let's go back and remember the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, when it talks about the things, uh, uh, what man is though the things of a man except the spirit of the man, the things of God, we don't know except the spirit of God. So the spirit of God helps us to know the things of God. Think about this. If God wants to do some things in our lives, don't you suppose he's using the Holy Spirit to teach us? If the Holy Spirit is the teacher, then why would it be cancer, car accidents, sickness, divorce, every other thing that he's trying to teach you? It's not not true. Not true. So he's the spirit of God knows the things of God. So the spirit, we lean on the spirit to help us know what he wants us to do. We haven't received the spirit of the world. We received the spirit which is from God. We're not trying to know the worldly things. We're trying to know the heavenly things, the spiritual things. So we might know, say no, the things that have been freely given to us by God. So in Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27, we're praying in the Holy Ghost. And the context of this, of course, is that we're praying in the spirit. We're praying, we're praying for the Word of God, the will of God to be manifested in our lives. Romans 8, verse 28, then it goes. That verse, okay, we know all things work together for good. Now it says, for whom he foreknew, he also... Do we have to turn that down or what? I've I got to move around, so I don't know if something else is on here or what. But. So, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Notice what the plan is. Now, before it's praying in the Spirit... Now we've got all these things, and we're going to be conformed to who? To the image of his Son. So sandwiched in the context of this 
is that we're being formed, shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. Not in the image of the world. He doesn't want us to know the things of the world. He wants us to know the things of of God. The Holy Spirit is always showing us the things of God. So the all things, all things have to tie back up here, up above it to the Holy Spirit. Because the purpose of of all that is conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. So in heaven, in heaven there's no sickness. In heaven there's no cancer. In heaven there's none of these things. That's why we all want to go there, right? Because of our relationship with Jesus. We're here, we're celebrating Him, that wonderful thing. That's what we have. Here on the earth we face adversity. But these are not the things that are shaping us into the image of Jesus Christ. People will pull out a testimony here. They'll pull out a testimony and say, boy, they went through all this tragedy and so forth. And and now, look, all things work together. Now they love God. Look, Look at what happened in their life. That's a rarity. That is a rarity. Because most people are going through hell in life and they're not coming out praising God. Many Christians going through hell and life who decide, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not believing that pastor. I'm not reading my Bible because God did that to me. Someone says, well, you know, all things work for good. Forget it. I'm out of, I'm out of here. I could show you hundreds and hundreds of people and many dozens of people personally that I know. They're not going to church anymore because of this verse. And because well-intentioned Christians, well, you know, he works it for good. I don't think so. If that's God, if that's Him, that's what He's doing, I'm not here. You have to think about this. Wherever you're at, you're going to hear this line every week of your life. You're going to hear this line every week of your life through TV, radio, media, so forth. Every week of your life. So you have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. It's kind of like the line, you know, someone comes to church and says, well, he has those here who he wants here. I doubt it. Where do people come up with those corny statements? Well, everybody who he wants here are here. That's totally wrong. He wants people to get saved. But with these five people, that's all he wanted here. I'm sorry, folks. Christians come up with the corniest things in the natural to kind of explain their situations. It's much better to go by the Bible... Amen. We all face adversity. We're all in this world. But let's go by the Bible and grow into the image of Jesus Christ. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's lean into the Holy Ghost. Let's ask the Holy Spirit for help in our lives that we then can be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. The image of Jesus. The image of Jesus. What a wonderful thing that is. What a wonderful plan that is. So Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 29. Let's look at that in the Passion for a second. The Passion says, we know all, for he knew all about us before we were born. Destined us to beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters. Who will become just like him. Who is this him? This is Jesus, right? So God, predestined means he planned, okay? So it's not like he picked three or four of you because, oh, you're really good. You guys are going to move on. The rest of you, no, you're losers. No, he planned for all of us. 
He planned for all of us from the beginning to be like Jesus. I like that. I like that. To be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. The character of Jesus Christ. The nature of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the oldest in the family. But we're an heir of God. We're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The Bible actually even says he's your Savior and Lord. But he's also your brother. Which is pretty amazing. So, so we were destined to become just like Jesus. So that's the purpose then of Romans 8.28, 8.26, 8.27. That's all the purpose sandwiched in there. That's the goal of God. That's only going to happen if people are listening to the Holy Spirit, people are in the Word of God, has nothing to do about bad events. Keep in mind, it says we know all things work together. All things. So it's like God has all these things planned for you. Yeah, they're all good things. They're all good things that he has planned for you. We've always, we always said God's ever planned, doesn't have a bad day planned for you. He doesn't. They're all good things. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be spiritual. He wants you to be like Jesus to use you to do what? To advance his kingdom. He wants you to be excited about him, for, about him in every way. You can get excited about a game or something like that. Okay, that's fine. But in real life, long-term life, you want to be excited about Jesus. He's the only one who can save souls. Folks, it really doesn't matter who's in Washington or who's in New Delhi or who's in London or who's some other place. Jesus is the Savior. So you can have the best person on the planet, but the world is still going to hell. And the message is still the same to go with the gospel. That's why it's back there in the wall. That's why we witness. That's how we give out tracts. That's why we do things all the time. That's the message. The goal even, folks, the goal isn't healing. Because if you get healing, if you're lost, you're still going to hell. Healing can be a dinner bell. Hey, look what the Lord does. And then get saved. But many people that Jesus healed never followed him. Thousands of people that Jesus healed. The feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000, which were tens, maybe tens of thousands. But that was all as a result of healing meetings. But then when it came, really came down to rubber meeting the road, most of those people never followed him. It's all, it's all pointing to the one who can save your soul. Amen. And his name is Jesus Christ. That is the full plan of Romans chapter 8, 26, 27, 28. All things we know it works for good to those who love God, called according to the purpose, because we're conformed to his image to reach this world for Jesus Christ. Amen. There's not a Bible teacher on this planet that can explain that any other way. And most of the people, most of the time, I hear it all wacko. And Christians are rolling their eyes. The world's like, oof, I don't know if I want to serve that God. We've been around the world where there are many harsh gods. Every world religion, there are people sold out to their gods. They are sold out. Many of them fast way more than Christians. Many of them sacrifice Way more than Christians. But all gods beside Jesus Christ are harsh. 
They cause you to do something to earn your way to the next level in life. Whatever kind of heaven that is, or whatever kind of reincarnation that happens. But Jesus comes with grace and offers us grace. For by grace are you saved through faith in Jesus Christ. And he offers that. What do you have to do? You just have to believe. For most people, that's, that's too simple. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way all this is supposed to be. This Romans 8.28 is a very natural verse sandwiched between very good things that people have distorted. They made it complicated. But if the Bible says all things, then it better be everything that happens that's going to promote you to Jesus Christ. And that the world doesn't do that. The world's not doing that. So when we become like Jesus, what's the plan? All right? So we get saved. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. You're growing in the Lord. What's the plan? What's the plan? What's the game plan? What's the end plan? What are we supposed to do? Amen. A natural thing of being a Christian is reproduction. Amen. It's like a natural thing of being a human is reproduction. You reproduce. You reproduce what? You reproduce who you are. Right? You reproduce your character and so forth. Yeah. In Genesis 1, it talks about from the beginning when God made man... It says he created man in his own image. In the image of God were made, incidentally, two genders. He points out male and female. He made two genders. And let me just say it again. You can go back to a blood test, DNA, and it's going to tell you, your chromosomes are going to tell you who you are. It's just the way it is. That's science. That's, those are facts. It's going to tell you if you're a boy or girl or whatever. So he blessed them. And God said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to fill the earth and subdue it. I want you to have dominion and so forth. So God's word right from then, the blessing of the Lord is to take this gospel out into the world and to bless other people. Be fruitful and multiply. To share Jesus Christ. Amen. So we go to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2, New Testament. Now it says we're raised up together. We're seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So even though I'm here in the natural, yet I can be in the spirit with Jesus, seated with him. And the ages to come, he's going to show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So as the world goes on, God is revealing his plan for reaching the world more and more. We saw that through Jesus. But now the Holy Spirit's poured out the last days and it's our time. Say our time. So he's raised us up together to sit together. Now, I just want to say, you're going to become who you spend your time with. You are going to become who you spend your time with. That's why, that's why uh, uh, poor fellowship can corrupt good behavior. <laughs> you know what I mean? So whoever you spend your time with, that's how you're going to gravitate. and You're going to be like that person or those people. Sometimes people say, well, I can, I'm still a Christian. I can do whatever I want. And you can do whatever you want, but you're not going to be like Jesus. The only way you're going to be like Jesus, if you spend your time with Jesus. That is the only way you're going to be like Jesus if you spend time with him. Because if you don't spend like time with Jesus, how do you know how, even, how he acts? How do you know what he says? How do you know his reactions are to the world? How do you know that unless you spend time with him? But if I spend time with Jesus, I realize, oh, boy, I am not kind. Wow. 
I, I'm, I want to strike back. And Jesus says, no, be kind, Dave. That's what I am. I'm kind. I'm kind. Yeah, but they're not, they're not nice people. It doesn't matter. I'm still kind to them. Mm, okay, I guess I'm going to bend your way because I spend time with Jesus. You become who you're like. And even in sports, if you want to, if you want to be a champion, you should train like a champion. Got a couple responses there. You train like a champion. You think like a champion. You see, if you can see yourself, you have an image as a champion, someone that's successful. If I'm going to be a great musician, if I'm going to be a great musician, I train like a great musician. Amen? So I practice. I see what people are doing. I train like a great musician. That's what it takes. Right? See, these things aren't just, they don't just happen. Well, if God wants it to be, it'll be. No, no, that's not true. Whatever God wants. No, it isn't whatever God wants. What you want with God. We make a choice with God. So I train. I train. And when we train, we begin to see ourselves and we adjoin ourselves to people who are champions, to people who are doing great things and so forth. And we begin to do what? We begin to act that way. Same thing spiritually. If I'm not in the Bible, how do I even know what God's doing? How do I know what he's saying? Well, how do I know what he's like? I'll say things to people like, you know, Jesus is the express image of the Father. And they're like, huh? Huh? So many times we go places and realize, well, they don't know the Bible. They don't know their Bible. Many people don't know their Bible. And that's the sad state of Christianity, especially in the United States. And then what happens is along comes the little poison pill of Romans 8, 28. <laughs> oh, you know, it works all things together for good. And they quote something like that. Like someone one time said to me, that, well, you know, Pastor, now they're from a fundamental church. You know, Pastor, tongues is the least of the gifts. That's what the Word says. I said, boy, that's really good. Hey, go show it to me. Hand in my Bible. Go, go dig that out for me, will you? I'll start looking over there. I think that's in Corinthians. Okay, we're going to go to Corinthians. Well, take your time. Take your time. I'm going to go have a cup of coffee. Pour myself a cup of coffee. And I'll get back to you here. And they're digging and they're scratching and they're digging and they're scratching. And I let them go. Let them sweat it out. Come on. Show it to me. Come on. Find it for me. Come on. Show it. Come on. Well, it's not there. The Bible doesn't say those things. We're interacting with the world. We're interacting with the, to bring people into a relationship with Christ, to show them truth. Where, where does the truth come from? From the Word of God. You know, sadly, most people are going to parrot what their church says. Well, we grew up in this denomination, and this is, this is what we believe. Well, is it in the Bible? Well, I have no idea if it's in the Bible. That's just what we believe. That's how I grew up. You know if it's in the Bible or not in the Bible. I was in a confirmation class, and the pastor came. Doug knows who this minister is, but the pastor came. He says, all these paths lead to God. And, he said, and so he brought up the Muslims and the Hindus and so forth. And I mean, I'm in eighth grade, and I'm thinking, are you crazy? What am I even here for? Amen. He didn't even know. Telling me as an eighth grader, everything leads to God. All these people, I said, well, why am I here? I'm going to check out what I need this for. Didn't know the Bible. The Word of God, who you associate with is important. Who you associate with. Don't just believe anything. 
Follow the word of God. Amen. Follow the word of God. All right. Verse 10 then says of Ephesians 2. It says, where is workmanship? Created in Christ Jesus for good works. He's got good things planned, right? Which he's prepared before the, beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, these works, this isn't like, you know, well, I'm going to be, a, I'm a good businessman. No, it isn't that. It's things we do in the spirit. It's things that we do for the Lord spiritually. So whereas workmanship created that we would flow in his kingdom, be useful in his kingdom, to influence people for his kingdom. Colossians 1.10 says, be fruitful in every good work for his kingdom. Walk worthy of the Lord, pleasing him. Be fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Fruitful for Jesus Christ. Fruitful in evangelism, fruitful in worship, fruitful in prayer, fruitful in fellowship, fruitful in hospitality, fruitful in kindness, fruitful in love. Now, we increase when we're in the Word of God. The more we're in the Word of God, the more fruitful I can become. If I'm not in the Word of God, I I might be saved. I might have a little fruit. But by and large, by and large, if I'm not in the Word of God, I'm not going to have any fruit. Right? I'm going to be sterile. Sterile, not productive, not helpful, not a blessing. In the United States today, think of the probably millions of people that go to a church service and they're like this. All right. Amen. That was good. We did our job. Where are we eating, honey? Let's go out to eat. And then that's as far as it goes. They did their job, so to speak. Their job was to go to a service. And that's as far as it goes. Now, they go to work on Monday. I don't like that person. We'll get that person. We'll do this and blankety blank. Maybe swear a little bit or maybe have a beer after work. And so, But they're a Christian. And not fruitful. Not producing any fruit. So it says then that we can please him. We're pleasing him, Jesus Christ. Fruitful in every good work. So we have this creative power in us. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have creative power. You have creative power in you. Now, this power is to build the kingdom of God. Right? That's what it's for. That's the purpose of it. We're created in the image of Jesus Christ. Build his kingdom. Now, let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, of course, the Great Commission, in the back thing, his last command is our first priority. And uh, uh, Great Commission is our ambition. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a, here's, a, here's a verse that says you go and make disciples of all nations. So you're going into all the world, right? To all the world. Now, the sad thing is that many people, and I'm not saying their intentions were that they didn't have good intentions. They just did it wrong. So we have people in this state. And so you had people said, in the name of God, we're going to go to reservations and we're going to tell those people we're going to cut their hair and they can't talk their language and they're going to discipline them and they're going to be, they're going to be Christians. And that's what we'll do. We'll send them to a certain school and they're going to be in this school and we're going to train them how they should be, how we think they should be. Tragedy. A tragedy that happened in our state, in South Dakota. By religious people. By denominations. 
Very, very sad stuff. And they could probably take this verse. Well, we're going to go and make disciples of all nations. We're going to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And 100%, 100% wrong. 100% wrong. Their actions, the fruit of it, wrong. It's kind of why I always say the Bible is not a white man's book. The Bible is not a white man's book. The Bible is a book from the world. It's a Middle East book. It's a book of culture. But many Americans make it American. This is, this is American. I always like there's a good movie coming out on the Jesus Revolution in February. And Jeannie and I were part of the Jesus people time in the 1960s, 70s, and so forth. We got saved. Part of that, hippies, hippie time, and all those things, and how the Holy Spirit began to move amongst young people. And folks, I really believe there's a move of the Spirit coming amongst young people. And when it comes amongst young people, all, all the older people have to change. Have to change maybe the way they did it, because, well, we did it this way, and now we're changing. Okay, change. See, the, uh, Ernie Gruen, boy, Ernie was pastoring at that time a Baptist church in Kansas City. And Ernie was a friend. He's been here many times now with the Lord. But he had been a fundamental Baptist pastor. Then he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Church began to change. Well, this is the time all of a sudden young people started coming to the church. And young people, they, they were attracted they, to Ernie's messages. And so pretty soon the chairs were filled. And so down in front, people sit down in front. Some of them didn't wear shoes when the weather was warm. Didn't wear shoes or anything like that. Just kind of came in. One, one guy, one of Ernie's elders just said, well, you can't build a church with these people. You know, we had, we had someone here one time. You can't build a church with these college kids. I said... We're just doing Jesus' work. It's His church. Amen. Hey, the world's come to us. We're going to be a blessing. Amen? amen. You hear an amen? Amen. Guy says, you can't build a church with these hippies and these young people and so forth. And then Ernie said, the best, the best thing happened one day when this guy came in and he had long hair and so forth. And he pulled out a roll of hundreds, $100 bills. He started flipping off $100 bills to throw it in the basket in the back. And this elder saw it. it was, Ernie said, it was the best thing that ever happened. It shut that guy's mouth. Paul said, wow, he just dropped in 700 bucks. And they did this. So after this went on for several months, and all these people were there, he thought, well, who, who, who's your parents? Who are you? All you kids, you know? Oh, the kids started to say, well, my dad's an attorney, my dad's a doctor, and my dad's an accountant, all these things. And he said, well, why don't you invite your parents to church? And they invited their parents and their parents got saved. Amen. Parents, all these people, high-profile people in Kansas City got saved. Gave their lives to Jesus. And that was the start of Full Faith Church of Love that then built a massive... We've been there in South Kansas City. They had a congregation of four or 5,000 people. And that, that was the beginning of just that move, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Disciples. Who are we making disciples of? The disciples are not disciples of our church. The disciples are not disciples of our denomination. The disciples are not disciples of our group. Now, do we want people to come to church? Sure we do. We want to teach people good things so they can be responsible Christians, right? We want them to come to church. But he says, go and make... Jesus is saying this now. Go and make disciples. 
And the implication is there, the disciples are disciples of Jesus Christ. Right? That's the implication. They're, They're evangelizing for Jesus Christ. Why? Because He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Savior of the world. So sadly, sadly what happens is people go out and they witness and so forth. And now, now you belong to this church and this church. And who are you? I belong to this church. Or I belong to this group. Or I'm a part of this denomination. And then it all gets skewed. Even in Corinthians it says, someone said they're Paul, Apollos, and all these other people. And he says, aren't you members of Christ? So carnality enters in. When people begin to identify, well, I belong to Apollos' group. We're, we're, we're part of that group. And folks, worldwide this happens. People are territorial. We'll go to some places and say, let's set up a pastor's conference. And I want you to invite not just, quote, your friends. I want you to invite other friends. And then we get there and we find out what? No, it's just all their, all their folks. From their group or their denomination or whatever. It says, that's not what I asked. And I've been pretty firm to people's face, to their face. I said, that's not what I asked. Amen. Why? Because we're trying to build the kingdom of God. Amen. We're trying to get into pastor's head. This isn't about you or your group. It's about Jesus. Amen. So worldwide, we face this stuff. The United States has probably never been more divided than it is right now. And very territorial, I'm talking about spiritually, and very territorial. All these people staking out the positions where they're at and so forth. And of course, COVID made it worse. Politics makes it worse. And everybody's got their, their little group where they're at. And nobody wants to mingle. Nobody wants to humble themselves and say, hey, let's just fellowship about Jesus. Let's just talk about Jesus. Matthew 23 just says this, that this was Jesus talking to the religious folks. He says, how terrible. You teachers of the law and Pharisees, you're hypocrites. You sail the seas, you cross whole countries to make to win one convert. And when you succeed, you make him twice as deserving of going to hell as you yourselves are. So, when I ask people, and I, I do this many times, but, I, but I'll ask people, are you a Christian? And the first thing they'll say is their church, wrong answer. Wrong answer. And I'm quick to go back on that. Didn't ask that. It's all about Jesus Christ. People may fellowship a church, A, B, or C, okay, but the relationship is the key. And that, of course, gets back to Romans again. We're conformed, we're shaped. Of course, even Romans 12, conformed to his image. All these things in the Spirit, he's working in us to create us into his image. The image of Jesus. Yes, we want people here. And any pastor, some of you pastors are watching. Of course you want people to come to your church. But you want to teach them the Bible. And you want to teach people to be followers of Jesus Christ. The message, if I'm at the, at the, so to speak, the water cooler conversations in the business world, and people are talking about stuff, the message is Jesus. Amen. That's why there was a Jesus movement. And that's why all these people by the thousands, hundreds of thousands, campus of SDSU, we had all these people get saved. Amen. It was really phenomenal. And of course, at the time, we didn't even understand it. People just go, oh, so-and-so got saved. Oh, so-and-so. And then people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. Oh, so-and-so speaking in tongues. Amen. 
phenomenal. Phenomenal. Many still in the ministry today. Found ourselves sitting in the basement of the Lutheran Center and people picking up guitars and we're singing praise songs and exalting the Lord. Isn't that neat? I was one of the starting members for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at SDSU and we went different places. And we talk about things and stuff. And I remember going, we'd have this, these meetings going on campus. And then I remember going to a Pentecostal church and they said, well, go over there and you can maybe share something about FCA. And I went and I thought, wow, it just seemed dead. People sing their songs and their hymns and no hands were in the air and so forth. And I'm thinking, is this the right place? <laughs> right place here? But we had a bunch of Lutherans and Catholics who all got saved, excited, shouting, yeah. praising. I just want to say, that's how it's supposed to be. Amen. You want to get out of your religious garb and think, no, maturity is this way, and this is how we're going to worship. No, that's not true. Amen. I'm, always, I'm always trying to stretch myself. I have to confess, it's been a little harder for me to dance, and sometimes physically now, but I like it in my heart. Yeah, let's do it. Or we do things, you know, other places overseas, we're at places, and people do this, and say, yeah, let's do it. Or we... Could find, uh, I forget where we're at, I think we're in Kamasi or something, and there was almost like a line dance and so forth, and uh, things were going on, and I, I was tur- going to turn to Jeannie and say, isn't this great? And Jeannie was gone. She was in the line dance. <laughs> she, was, she was in the dance. You don't want to make a convert for your group. If you're listening, you don't want to make a convert of your denomination. Amen. Don't want to do that. You want to make a convert for Jesus Christ. Because then, then, you might might see them once or whatever, but then you might be gone, but they've got Jesus. Someone can leave here, Holy Life Tabernacle. Where are they going to go? Find a church that preaches Jesus. Find a church, I say, that worships free. Find a church that's friendly. If you walk in, they don't greet you. Don't go back. Should be a friendly church, right? Should it not? Amen. Why? Because Jesus was that way. Jesus was friendly to sinners, like sinners. So we're making disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's close the last verse. John John 15. John 15, classic, was shared last week also. You didn't choose me. I chose you, appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit. Well, who is this fruit for? Jesus is telling me, Dave, I want you to go bear fruit. Of course, oh, I get to do it for me? No, it's for him. Bear fruit for Jesus. Your fruit should last. So long after, you may not see them again, but Jesus is still with them. I remember that place in India. We were way in East India by the Bay of Bengal. And we left, we ate late at night, and sometimes that happens. That's custom. And so we left, we were sitting on the floor, we ate and so forth. And then a lot of people came and, and, and all that. And then when we left, they all walked us to this car. I can see their faces yet, you know. They walked us to the car, and they enjoyed the day we had preached with pastors and the church and all the things like that. And they were smiling, and people had, people had touched us and different things. And I remember as, as we were going, as, as the car started and so forth, and they got me in the car, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm seeing all their faces. And I, the reality was, I'll never see these people again. I will never on earth something really strange happened, see those people again in my life as I said goodbye. 
But I was so glad we shared with them about Jesus. And they loved Jesus. And that Jesus will never leave them. They will always have Jesus. They will always have a comforter. And they will always have a good memory of our visit to this day. Your fruit shall remain. Fruit for your, says your fruit, but the fruit of your ministry for Jesus Christ shall remain. And what do we ask in the Father? Well, so many times we bring it down to so many of the natural things. Well, I'm asking for a pay raise, and I'm asking, I'm asking for a more better position. I'm asking for this and that. It's all in the natural. But again, the real core of it here, we're asking for souls. We're asking for people. We're asking that people will be influenced, that the world will be changed because of Jesus Christ. That's what we're believing for. Change your heart. You begin to change people. The godly fruit should remain. We're reproducing the character of Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. That's what we're reproducing. That is the goal. Amen. We're made in his image. Now we're giving away that image. Sidney shared some of these things just a couple weeks back in his message here. Great. It's just tremendous. There's so many things that happen, you know, that as you read your Bible and then you come to church here and you think something else. Oh, that's good. Something Pastor Randon said or something that maybe Roger said tonight or something somebody else said. Oh, that's good. It all blends in. Dovetails. And the Lord is taking all these things of the Holy Spirit and he's shaping us. They all work. All these things work for good. To those who are called. You're called. To those who believe. You believe. Amen. Amen. It's a great time to be alive. This is, wow, what a tremendous time. As we share Jesus Christ. And all the time, I'm, I'm, as I share with pastors and others, I keep, no, the message is Jesus. No, the message is Jesus. Amen. That's, that's the focal point. That's, he's the only one who changes lives. That's the only one who gets people into heaven. The message is Jesus. Amen. Will, will I vote in, in uh, 10 days? Yes, I'm going to vote. You should vote. You should vote. All the time. You should vote. But the message, the one who can save the souls is Jesus Christ. So I want you, now listen, go into all the world. Jesus isn't going to make you, but we can volunteer. Amen? And and, uh, I I just pictured as Jesus was ascending up and he gave this command to the disciples and I can picture them. Of course, they went to the upper room. It's like, we're going to do this. Paul, we're going to, or John, we're going to do this. Peter, we're going to do this. Philip, we're going to do this. So let's just lift a hand a second. Father, thank you for the call, the call to be like you. Thank you for spiritual DNA. Thank you for blessing people here today and the people here, even online. Lord, through YouTube and Facebook Live and around the world, thank you for your word that's going forth. Jesus, that we would be like you. We are your disciples. That even people that come around us would realize, oh, they're Christians. Because of you, Jesus. Because they love one another. Because they share your godly character. Lord, thank you for this. We just volunteer for this service, Lord. We volunteer. Lord, use us Use us in this community, the communities that we represent here. Use us for your glory, Father. Use us, Lord, to plant seeds. Use us, Lord, to bring, to bring light where there's darkness. Use us, Lord, to bring your life where there's death. Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The power, the only power that changes lives for the glory of God in a great way. 
Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that we have. And so, Lord, I thank you. We thank you for your anointing. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for your anointing. Thank you for anointing me with good news. Thank you that I'm a minister. Thank you that I'm a minister. Of the New Testament. The New Testament. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have good things. I have good things. To share with this world. To share with this world. That will impact people. That will impact people. For your glory and honor. For your glory and in honor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please say amen. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't that a good word? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to have all of us greet our uh, pastor friends from Nigeria. I know Victoria's victory is watching. Ah, and she's you. being blessed and ministered to her yes. and her husband, Pastor Joseph, Amen. doing a great work yep. there. Bless Not always easy times. Bless you. Let but us. they're spreading these this fruit that Amen. you're preaching about Amen. in Nigeria. <laughs> so we bless your congregation, yes. Victoria's. Yes. Victorious victory. That's Amen. a good name right there. Amen. Amen. That's right. Um, also want to thank God for our pastor friends from India. And yes. uh, one saying thank you for praying for healing for diabetes. Amen. Amen. So we thank God that we're in a season of miracles. Amen. We thank yes. God for your testimony. You know, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, thank Brother you, Jim. Jesus. So when you spoke that out, yeah. words go forth. Yep. And it's creative. And as you spoke out that healing, people have been healed here in their bodies. Yes. Uh, maybe came in discouraged. Maybe yep. came in one way, but we leave in other ways. We so yes. um, I'm just going to ask you all to put a smile on your face. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let me see. I'm seeing some smile, 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 smile. There they are. Happy are the people whose God is the Amen. Lord. So be strengthened now with That's mind right. by his spirit in your inner man. That's right. And may his joy be your strength. Thank Amen. you, Lord. We're effective for the gospel. Amen. 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 Let's Amen. stand up. Let's stand up. Amen. Reach out and bless your neighbor. Amen. And just say, uh, follow Jesus. Amen. Reach out and bless him. Say, follow Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that was really neat. That's good. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.